What's up, everybody? Welcome back to ep- another episode of Nothing But Sports Podcast. This is episode 27. Sorry about missing last week. My laptop was being repaired and got stuck because of the snowstorm, and it's still not back. But I figured out how to use another laptop, so we are back. Episode 27. We got a lot to talk about this week because I didn't, I didn't record last. I didn't record last week, so we're gonna we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about what has happened. In that time period, I was thinking whether I should do a Super Bowl recap, but I mean, there's kind of really nothing much to say about it, so we're not gonna we're not gonna do that. But we've got a whole otherwise we still got a good good amount to talk about. We've got ML, we got Major League Baseball, uh, Francisco Tatis's deal, Brett Gardner coming back with the Yankees. We've got the NBA, Anthony Davis's Achilles injury, which I didn't cover, and the NFL. We've got the JJ Watt release and. Carson Wentz trade, which went down a couple days ago, and yeah, and that and that that's it. Uh, I don't know. I don't really want to address the Russell Wilson situation because that already happened a while ago. But yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's get it started. So we're going to start with MLB. Uh, Francisco Tatis, 22 year old for the San Diego Padres, has signed a 14 year, 340 million dollar extension. To remain with the team now till he is 36 years old. He's currently 22. So my first reaction is, wow, that is now. Keep in mind, he be, um he's still not gonna. That's the second time now. That's the second Padre that they have on their roster that's making over 300 million dollars because they have the Manny Machado situation. I think which is 10 years, 300 million dollars, or it might be 330, 330 million dollar deal. But anyway. Now they have two massive contracts in there, and it's a it's a big risk to give Tatis this long of a deal because he hasn't played a full season yet. I know he was unbelievable in the sixty. He's been he's been brilliant. He's been nothing short of fantastic. He's a stud. He absolutely destroys. He absolutely crushes the baseball. Yeah. Okay. So Machado's salary is ten years, thirty million, three hundred million. So Tatis is making twenty four mil per year, and Machado is making thirty mil. So. But again, Tatis has a longer deal. This is the third largest contract in baseball history in the MLB behind Mike Trout and Mookie Betts. Um, Trout's still a leader by a long shot. So, yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with the money, giving him $24 million per year. I have no problem with that whatsoever. I got a huge problem, though, with the, uh, with the, um, with the, with the, with the 14 years. I mean... I just don't understand in baseball why they decide to give these major 14-year contracts out. Like, these deals are ridiculous. The Bryce Harper deal, 13 million, 13 years. I mean, you have to think at some point in this time that Tatis might be unhappy and maybe you might want to trade him. I don't know if he, if I don't, I don't know if there's a chance, if there's a, you know, something where he can opt out, but. More or less, you're probably going to be unhappy with the team at some point when you're with them for 14 years. And giving this, he's only 22. This is, I can't stretch this. He's only 22 years old. He hasn't played a full season. There's a good chance that he gets, he gets hurt. I think I need to see him proven in a full 162 game season. I mean, I, I don't know. He has not yet played a full season in the MLB, and you want to give him a um a huge deal like this? I don't know, man. It's a it's. It's a real risk. I mean, maybe you think that he's once in a generational talent and he's maybe the best superstar that'll come to the Padres. So maybe that's why you give him the money. But my goodness, wow. Yeah, so in um so in, in 2019 he only played 84 games in the season. So he only played half the season. 
Um, and then obviously he played 59 of the 60 games in the uh, in the um, in the shortened season. He hit 22 home runs in the 2019 80 game season. But here he has shown major improvement because only in in 60 games he hit 17 home runs, which is pretty unbelievable. But I just I just don't know. This is a this is a huge step. I I think I would have waited maybe another year or so before giving him. I also wouldn't have given him 14 years. I maybe would have given him seven or eight years, seven years, 170 or something. I have no problem with you paying him 24 million per year. I have a problem with giving him 14 years. That's the first time an MLB player has been given a 14-year contract. That 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 is that is unbelievable. And man, I I, I don't I don't. We'll see. We'll see. It's. Really interesting. We'll also see how they they plan to keep. Also, keep in mind that he's signing this 14-year deal, I guess, because maybe you don't want a team like the Dodgers to come and poach him. Maybe that's another reason why you give him such a major deal because the Dodgers are in their division. And given how old that Mookie Betts is only 29 years old, you're probably going to have to deal with the Dodgers for another, what, five, six years. So Tatis is probably not going to do much winning. I, I don't know if he's going to take him to a World Series, they're they're contenders. They're they're certainly contenders with the offseason moves they've made with with getting Blake Snell and now obviously extending Tatis, but I, I don't they might be there might be contenders, but I don't know if they're good enough to they're good enough to beat the Dodgers. That is um that is that is something else that we're gonna have to keep a lookout for because the Dodgers are gonna be around for another five, six years. So we'll see if Tatis can win a World Series in those fourteen years. But yeah, again, it's just it's a big risk. It's a real big. It's a real big risk for um, for the uh, for um for the Padres. Also, we don't know now. Is Tatis gonna shift it into neutral now? Um, I don't know. We will see. I would have waited another year or two. Maybe seen him play a hundred plus games in a season. Cause yeah, it's 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 a real. It's a huge step forward. But you know, he. I mean, congratulations. Good for him. Gets that long term financial security. But um, man. Interesting move. We're going to see what the Padres Padres do with it. All right, now let's touch on Brett Gardner. So the reason I didn't record yesterday was because given my past recording um, over time, something always happens that I miss that the Yankees do on the Friday night that I just as I finish recording. And lo and behold, they did it again. But this time I, I learned my lesson, didn't record on a Friday. They, signed, they re-signed Brett Gardner. One year, $4 million, one year, one year $4 million deal. For Brett Gardner, um, it, I, I, it's a good, it's a good move. I like it. I like bringing back Gardy for another season in the. I, I like bringing back Gardy for another season. I really think he gives the Yankees that much needed experience. He's the one tier. He's the one person on that roster was not that was on the uh, 2009 World Series winning team. So I really like his. I really like bringing him in. I, I really, I really do. Giving him experience. I don't know. Do you want him to keep batting leadoff whenever? Um, Whenever you can, I remember if there, you know, if, there, if there's, a, I think there's a lefty, in the lefty versus lefty matchup. They stick him at the bottom of the order, but he can still, he's still very quick. He's still very speedy. So he's, and he's also a good fielder. So he, 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 he's good. I know Clint Frazier might take over, but he's a good, he's a good guy to have if, lo and behold, there's an injury. Cause we all know some Yankee, someone of the Yankees is going to get injured. So he's a good, he's a good solid option to have when someone gets hurt. <laughs> I'm already, I'm already, we're already game planning for injuries, but yeah, happy to see him back. Give it, let's give it one more season. See if we can run, we can see if we can get him another World Series before he calls it here. I think this year will probably be his last in the uh, in the league. I um, he's still pretty old. Again, 
pretty quick. So if we can, if he can just, you know, get on base, then that's always good. That's where we always put him on the leadoff. But yeah, going to be interesting. We'll see if, also, I want to see if Hicks, Hicks goes as leadoff because Hicks is a walk machine. So that's another thing to look out for this season. But overall, good move by the Yankees. I like re-signing Gardy. And yeah, that's it. The, that was pretty short. But so that's all I have to say about the MLB contracts. Let's move to NBA. Um, Anthony Davis is um, Anthony Davis suffered an Achilles injury against the um, against the Denver Nuggets and is now going to be reevaluated in like I think three or four weeks, which is pretty big. Um, it was there was swelling in the Achilles, and the Lakers lost their first. They won, They lost to the Nets, I think two nights ago, without KD, but they didn't have AD. So can then I don't think I don't think the um, I don't think the Lakers can win the championship without him. I just don't think LeBron is LeBron is great. LeBron is the best player in the world, best player in the league. He has been, and there is no debate. He is certainly the better player. He's certainly better than Kevin Durant. He is the best player in the world. But he at this stage in his career, he's 36 years old. He's been playing a career low in minutes per game, which is great. You save him for the times you need him. But now, all of a sudden, you gotta you gotta lean on him more. Schroeder was out last night, but. I don't know if they, they can't win the champ. It's it's just simple. They can't win the championship without without Anthony Davis. Um, they can certainly even without him, they'll probably still go to the playoffs. But they can't win the championship without him. They need a number two starter, and this is where the bench really has to step up for the Los Angeles Lakers. This is where you have to see you have to um you have to the guys who you signed in the offseason. You know the Montrezl Harrell you signed in the offseason. Dennis Schroeder you traded for him. These are the guys that now have to step up. Schroeder, I know, doesn't come off the bench, but he can. But they have Horton Tucker, Horton Tucker, Kuzma, all these dudes that have been secondary pieces. Uh, you got you to gotta really step up now, especially if you're coming off the bench. So, like I said, the um, Ku, Ku, uh, Horton Tucker, those dudes, you got, they, they really got to step up their game and make up for the loss of Anthony Davis. Um, Marcus Gasol, he's got to step it up at, uh, at the center position because he's just been playing awful, but... Even if they do step it up, I don't think they're gonna make. I don't. I doubt they'll win the championship without Anthony Davis. It's just. It's just not possible. Um, LeBron, he's gonna try. I don't even know if they get out of the Western Conference without, without him. That's a. That's huge. I think the Clippers can really. I think the Clippers can provide a huge. I think they can really. I think they can beat the Lakers with without Anthony Davis. They can beat him now, but um, we all know what's gonna happen. Paul George is gonna choke in the playoffs. But I. I feel like that. I feel like that the Clippers would actually gain, could actually get him out. I think even a team like Portland, maybe without Anthony Davis, I don't know, maybe maybe can scare them if they're all healthy. Who knows? So it's a it's a real test. You can't overlook the Jazz. We want to say the Utah Jazz are phony. They lost last night to the Clippers, but you have to give them credit. So far through thirty games, they're what twenty nine games or twenty four and six. Twenty four and six, thirty games. That's unbelievable. Even if you don't buy them as real contenders, that is unbelievable. You got to give them a lot of credit. For that, they're playing really well, and if they ever match up against the Lakers and Anthony Davis is not there, Anthony Davis is not there, then who's gonna who's gonna be on? You know, Anthony Davis will most likely probably if he was playing would switch on to Gobert, but you really want to put Marcus All on Rudy Gobert, where Marcus All is not what he used to be. He's clearly old, clearly a lot older, doesn't move as well. So that's a that's a big issue for um <laughs> for the Lakers. Now, hopefully, hopefully that the injury 
is um is okay and uh he can come back playoff time but but it's they they won't win the championship without him. I don't even know if they get out of the Western Conference and they certainly won't beat the Brooklyn Nets if or the maybe even the Philadelphia 76ers if Anthony Davis is is not playing. That's just that's just that's just that's just it. You can call me it, I'm not hating on LeBron. I'm really not. I think LeBron is unbelievable. But it's just he you need another co-star. You need another co-star. You you can't just do you can't do it on your own. Now the Lakers definitely certainly have the bench pieces. Like I said, that's why a lot of the guys got to step up. They definitely have the bench piece, pieces to try and make up for Anthony Davis. They're not going to completely make up for it, but tr- almost make up for it to where is you're still keeping your head above water and um, and getting a top four seed and getting home and getting home court for the playoffs. Which hopefully by March we'll be able to have more fans back in the Staples Center and all over the all over the world. Actually, Madison Square Garden has just started to let fans in. They're going to start letting fans in soon. So that's a good sign, but it's it's a real tough it's a it was a real tough task already for the Lakers with Anthony Davis, and now without him will be extremely tough. But we all assume that the Lakers are going to be there in the postseason. We all assume that the Lakers are going to be there in the postseason, and if everything goes according to plan, Anthony Davis should be back for postseason time. That's the most important thing, I think. The Lakers, I think, are no no they're good enough to get to the playoffs without him. Just maybe keep keep those top two, keep top three seeds, and you'll be okay. If they can keep the top three seeds and Anthony Davis can come back postseason time healthy and ready to go, I think they still win their next championship. But if Anthony Davis maybe, you know, misses misses the playoffs or misses, you know, a second round series, they could be in serious trouble, especially if they get the three seed. Cause that means they'd have to play they'd have to play the Clippers in the second round or maybe even the Jazz at some point. So real I mean, actually what what am I saying? Even if they get the even if they get the one seed, they could be in trouble. So if Anthony Davis misses a second round series, that's when you really start to scratch your heads. First round series, I think they'll be okay. But second round series, actually maybe not even the first round series with the dangerous floaters you have there. You know, maybe the Mavericks pick it up, bring back the playoff time. So it again, the mantra is the Lakers will not win the championship without Anthony Davis. Uh, they need bench players to step up. And they should be good enough to keep their heads above water to get to the playoffs to get in those top four seeds, and hopefully Anthony Davis is back by then and is fully healthy for the playoffs. If he's not back for the playoffs and is not fully healthy and misses maybe a first or second round, misses one of those, you know, maybe misses the first first series or second series, then you got a problem. Then you got a real problem because then you can't expect him to come back if he misses the first series and just instantly click. And you don't have much time in the postseason. You only got four games. So it's, it's, real, it's real tight. But again, hope, I hope that the injury sorts itself out because you never want to see a player get hurt. Remember, he signed that massive deal with the Lakers uh, to keep him in L.A., so hopefully hopefully he can live up to that deal and come back stronger from this injury. But, yeah, sorry for dragging on there. That's what I have to say about that. All right, let's move on to the NFL. We're going to talk <clears throat> J.J. Watt being released. I think it was last weekend. I would have covered it on last week's podcast, but, again, like I said, I couldn't record. Um, thank God he is finally gone. He is finally free from the Houston Texans. Um, JJ Watt said that it was a mutual agreement. He asked for their release. They granted it. I think it was good that they granted it. That's the way they show. I, I, it's kind of weird to say, but you know, obeying by his wish to release him is kind of the way the Houston Texans kind of are showing respect to him for what he is, what he has been for that organization. He's been the heart and soul of that organization. Since he was drafted, he's been the heart and soul of that of that place. He's done so much for the city of Houston. You know, with the Hurricane Harvey, where he raised over he raised so much. I think what he, 
how much money did he raise? Like $72, $74 million for Hurricane Harvey relief. It was unbelievable. What he's done for that city, you know, what he's done for Houston and what he's done for the team. We all know what he was. You know, he unfortunately had a couple injuries, but <clears throat> remember when J.J. Watt was, you know, prime J.J. Watt, he was getting 20 sacks. I mean, he's, he's still, he's still honestly, I think he still has a lot left in the tank. Think about it. He is pure, Jason Pierre-Paul is actually a year older than J.J. Watt, if you think about that. So if you see what Pierre-Paul did with the, um, with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you have to think that J.J. Watt still has maybe a couple good years left on him. I think any team would be willing to take him. Any team would be willing to take him. I'd be willing to take him as a Giants fan. Any team. Any team who has, you know, who doesn't, who has some, some sort of money to take him and help their defense with a struggling defense or just in general for leadership in the locker room, any team would be willing to take him. I think any of all 32 teams in the NFL would be willing to take him if he showed up on their door and said, hey, I want to come here. Every, every team would be okay with that. And every team would be like, all right, fine, we're, we'll take you. We don't really need you, we'll take you. Um, like I, so where is he most likely to go? Um, I've been saying it all along. I think the, the two most likely places that he goes are the Green Bay Packers because he's a Wisconsin kid. He's from Wisconsin, I think. So that would be the close to home. That'd be the first option. Second option would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Perfect option. Blit, add another piece to Blitzburg. Blitzburg was absolutely decimated by injuries, so he'd give them some more depth there. And also, he gets to play with his bro. He wants to play with the, play with TJ Watt. Can you imagine the Watt brothers on the same team? That'd be unbelievable. That'd be that'd be that'd be unbelievable for us to watch, and that'd be an unbelievable experience for those two in general to play. Um, it's it's Destin. It, it really should be Pittsburgh. If he goes anywhere in the other, other than Pittsburgh or Green Bay, I'll be really surprised. Even if he goes to Green Bay, I'll be surprised they didn't go to Pittsburgh. I'm thinking like, for me, it's like Pittsburgh is way high. Then there's Green Bay, which is really, which is you know the difference between. I can't really explain this, but, you know, if there was a chart that said where he was most likely to go, Pittsburgh would be at the way top of the list. Then way down would be Green Bay, and then and then even more further down would be the rest of the NFL. That's how much of a gap I think there is between options one and two. I mean, it's clear to see that he and his brother have a great relationship. Um, they support each other, and they're all extremely close, so it'd just be a perfect situation for him to play with the... Uh, with the Houston, with the um, Green Bay, no, not the Green Bay, with the um, Pittsburgh Steelers. <clears throat> so yeah, now what does Houston do? Well, it's it's rebuild time. Uh, if you know you get rid of JJ Watt, you're like, you know, JJ Watt's not going to be part of a rebuild. So he wants to go win championships. And I feel bad for Deshaun Watson because he gets he gets to see the, um, JJ Watt get his request granted of saying, hey, why can't why can't you grant my request of trading him, of trading me? That's what Deshaun Watson is saying. But man, if you just look at the stars that the Houston, you know, the people that the Houston Texans have lost in the last couple years, it's really been, it's really been mind-boggling off the charts of who they've lost. They lost Jadeveon Clowney. They lost um, DeAndre Hopkins. And now they've lost J.J. Watt. And who have they brought in? Brought in to replace... Those type of guys who are the big names they've brought in, David Johnson, running back who is completely over the hill, who is completely nowhere near where he was before injury, Randall Cobb, who is, cannot be a number one wide receiver, there's also a slot receiver, so he doesn't help with Deshaun Watson. So that 
that's really what they've supplied Deshaun Watson with. I mean, and it's it's really sad. To, it's really sad to think. I mean, think about it. Like all those players I just named that you've lost and you've replaced them with those two, and probably a couple other players. I can't think off the hop, top of my head of who they've required, but it's nowhere near the amount of talent they lost. They lost the best one of the what could be considered one of the best offense wide receivers in the league, maybe the best top five. DeAndre Hopkins. They've lost a former defensive player of the year and an incredible leader in J.J. Watt. And they've maybe lost a younger version of J.J. Watt who is who complete who, who had a down season in Tennessee, but they've lost a they lost a completely younger version maybe of J.J. Watt in a game in a potential game record in um in the um in Jadevian Kalani. And they gave up their fourth round pick of this season. I mean the fifth fifth round, they gave up their fifth overall draft pick in a trade for Laramie Tunsil. So that means that the Dolphins get their fifth round pick. So they can't even pick uh, an, you know, someone to maybe replace J.J. Watt on that defensive line because their defense was absolutely horrible last um, this season. Their offense was okay just because of Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson single-handedly carried their offense. and they don't even, So they don't even have a draft pick now to make up for it. So yeah, sorry for uh, getting on a little tangent there, but... It was. I think it was. It was. It was right to release JJ Watt. JJ Watt was more than, more than, more than in his right to ask for a release. And if you're a Texans fan and you're angry at JJ Watt for asking to be released, then you're not a true Texans fan. Every Texans fan, even though he he um he was released, you should be sad that he's going, but you should thank him. You should be thanking him for what he did for you guys in that city. You should be. You should be thanking him. Hundred percent. If he ever comes back there, he, you better cheer him. You better cheer him on so loud because he he deserves every bit of it. Um, again, I think any team would be willing to take JJ Watt. I'd love to have him with the Giants, but I think he's going to Pittsburgh to play with his brother. <clears throat> it's it's really the only really a, really a great option. I think that's the only option we see. The question is, can they work out a deal, a proper deal for everyone? Because I think JJ Watt wants to go there, and I think TJ Watt has probably been recruiting him now for a while and influencing him to try and get there. All right, now let's put on. Man, we are flying through these topics. Let's put our last topic on for the uh, for the show, and it is the most recent news. Carson Wentz has been. Yep, no, not the most recent news, but Carson Wentz has been traded from the Philadelphia Eagles three years after signing that one hundred billion dollar one hundred million dollar deal. The Eagles have traded Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts. And only gotten a second and third pick. That's right. Their $100 million guy did not get them a first overall pick. We could all see this coming. We can all see this coming. They are completely breaking down, kind of, and restarting the um, from the Super Bowl team in 2017. The head coach is gone. The backup QB who took him over the hill, who took him to the finish line, is gone. And maybe the MVP, if he didn't get hurt that season, of that team is gone. Man, it's it's real. It's crazy how three years can change anything. If three years ago you would have told me after they won the Super Bowl that, that uh, Doug Peterson would be fired and Carson Wentz would be traded for a second and a third overall pick, I'd say you're crazy because the way Carson Wentz played that season was unbelievable. And a lot of Eagles fans have probably mixed feelings about Carson Wentz this um, in the last couple of years, but like, let's be honest here. I think a you got. I think the Eagles organization has a lot to do with this situation. They put themselves in this situation. You want to know why? They completely messed with Carson Wentz's psyche when they drafted Jalen Hurts. That completely 
just took Carson Wentz out of his rhythm. I mean, if you look at last season before they drafted Jalen Hurts, they drafted Jalen Hurts before the 2020 season started. And because and since ever since and when they drafted Hurts, his numbers this season were absolutely horrible. Okay? In 12 games he played, in 12 games he started this season, the team went 3-8 and 1. Not his fault. The team was absolutely horrible this year. Didn't have an offensive line. He threw for 2,620 yards, 16 touchdowns, and a career-high 15 interceptions. That's more than he threw in his rookie season when he started all 16 games. As a rookie, he only threw 14 interceptions. And he threw 15 in 11, in 11 starts. For uh, 15 interceptions and uh, 16 touchdowns. Horrible season. I'm not, I'm not excusing Carson Wentz. He played absolutely horrible this season. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, he played absolutely horrible. But it was me. I think a lot of that has to do with maybe be that you got that they got in your that the Eagles organization got in his head. He thought he had too much to prove. I mean, you let, let's look at the season he had before then when they went nine and seven and got to the playoffs before he got hurt in that playoff game. Okay, it was a lot similar. You know, the sure the offensive line was better, but they still didn't have a lot of weapons at receiving. His number one target down the stretch was of. Last season was J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and Greg Ward. Those were his two best targets, I'd say, late in the stretch, besides Zach Ertz, but Zach Ertz was dealing with rib injuries. Despite all of that and all those injuries, in the, he threw for 4,000-plus yards, 27 touchdowns, and 7 interceptions. He was very good last season. Um, he was very good then. But as soon as the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts, they completely messed with his psyche, and it completely took him off the rails this season. And you couple that with the fact that they had a horrible offensive line and he wasn't getting the ball out quick enough and he wasn't getting the ball out quick enough. It was just a huge disaster. So now because of this, they took, they ate $33.8 million in dead cap, which is the largest in NFL history, surpassing what the Rams ate when they traded golf earlier this offseason with 22.8 or $22 million. Man. I mean, Jeff Lurie and Howie Roseman really messed this up. They really messed this up. Drafting Jalen Hurts was the worst thing possible. And Jalen Hurts is a good QB, but we saw in the game against Washington, he still has problems throwing the football. He went, what, 9 of 24 in those three quarters that he played? So, man, it's real. It's a real sad situation. And now, the thing is, you either, either way, you if you look at this as an Eagles fan, it's a lose-lose situation either way. There are two ways you can look at it. Number one, you got rid of Carson Wentz. You got rid of the guy that was struggling. You've got a young QB in Jalen Hurts. Well, guess what? You still have a poor offensive line. You still have no wide receivers. And you just ate $33.8 million in dead cap and only got a second and a third round pick from a $100 million deal that you signed this dude to three years ago. I mean, what else is there, what else is there to say? Either way you look at it, because either way, you've just lost $33.8 million. In you essentially gave up, you essentially took a $33.8 million hit in dead cap just to get a second and a third overall pick in this draft. You can honestly make the argument that the Colts fleeced them. Because, and there was, you were never going to get a first round pick. You want to know why? After the season Wentz had, and they knew how desperate you were to trade him, there was no way you were going to get him out. There was no way you were going to get a third over, you know, there's no way you're going to get a first overall pick. So now you're completely stuck. So you're ba- all you've done is now you've replaced Wentz with Hertz and Hertz is more than capable, but you've still got zero weapons on the outside 
who's, I mean, not zero, actually. Travis Fulgham is okay. But besides that, and Miles Sanders is still very good in Boston, Scott, but you've still got very, you've still got a horrible beat-up offensive line, barely any targets to throw to. So you've just put Jalen Hurts in a worse situation. Yeah, um, this probably this Jalen Hurts can make more maybe of the situation because he can use his legs, but you're probably still not gonna win the division. <laughs> and given your past drafting history, what makes you think you're gonna get a good overall draft? What makes you think you're gonna pick a good overall draft pick? You could have had DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson if you had, ju- but but instead you had Jalen Rigor and JJ Ortega Whiteside. That means Jesus, talk about talk about draft misses and draft busts. So either way you look at this, either way you look at it, it's a lose lose situation for for the Eagles because in theory you've just you've you've completely kill yourself as far as cap space goes you've you've completely recycled head coaches and you i mean you have the ninth pick in the draft but who will you who will you take are you going to take a lineman are you going to take a wide receiver who who are you going to take because there's just holes everywhere on this team and and i don't know if jalen hurts and I, I mean, people are going to argue, you know, oh, Jalen Hurts, he played well in those games. He led an upset over the Saints, and he did. He played really well, but I mean, it's so much easier to play for a QB if there's really not much tape on you. Yeah, there was a lot of tape of him at Oklahoma, but there was no tape on him playing for the Eagles. That's what, you, you saw that with Taylor Heineke. There was really no tape on him. The Buccaneers had no idea what to do when he got outside the pocket. And I think now that, yeah, he'll... if. Hurts, um, hopefully he'll have a full, you know, OTI and, you know, training camp. But if he has, even if he does, he'll, st- he'll probably struggle next season because he was still kind of, he's still pretty inaccurate when it comes to throwing the football. We saw against Washington, he went nine of 24 or something, even against the Cowboys. I mean, it, and the Cowboys, when he lost, they hit DJ, he, even though he hit DJX, Deshaun Jackson for a long touchdown down the field, he still struggled to throw the football. So Eagles fans, I mean, yeah, I guess you got rid of Carson Wentz, but I mean, I don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to take you to the playoffs next in the next season or two. You, uh, it's just a, it, it's a real sad situation. You look anywhere for Eagles fans. Also, you know probably what else messed with his psyche? What you guys did? You put a shrine of the backup quarterback outside the stadium. You think about it. Carson Wentz that season was going to win the MVP. The Eagles were flying. They went thirteen and two. 14 and two that year. I think when he got hurt, they were what? What was his record as a starter when he was he was in, okay? So they were 11 and two when they got when he got hurt. Okay, he hurt his leg at the Coliseum against the Rams. They were 11 and two, and Nick Foles was unbelievable in that playoff run. You know, 14 won the next three games, then took him all the way. But you completely ignore that what he did, and you put a shrine out to the backup quarterback. And over him, how do you think that made that? How do you think that made him feel? How do you think that made him feel, Philadelphia? Probably it probably hurt, right? And then you traded Nick Foles, so so you made up for it, I guess, in some way, because you picked Wentz over him. And then you get to the playoffs, he gets hurt. You know, Josh McCown comes in, but then you draft instead of giving him help, instead of giving him a wide receiver to throw to, a number one target, you go okay. We're gonna move. We're probably gonna move on from you in the next couple of years, and draft Jalen Hurts. And I was thinking maybe a Taysom Hill 2.0, but you 
you com- they you Carson Wentz was completely broken mentally and in just ever kind of reminds me of what Andrew Luck did. Andrew Luck said he was mentally broken so he retired. And now you've you you just completely broke Wentz. You broke him. He got killed behind that offensive line. He was lacking confidence from the start of the season because you guys took Jalen Hurts and it completely messed up his psyche. You know, some players play well when they know their job was on the line, but I guess not for Carson Wentz. He just completely unraveled. Now, as far as the Colts situation goes, I mean, it made perfect sense for him to trade to the Colts. Frank Wright is there. He was the he was one of he was a big part of them winning the Super Bowl that year and when Wentz won his M, was going to win his MVP see, MVP. So it makes perfect sense that um that he uh that um that you trade him in Indianapolis. And Colts fans, um I mean, you probably also have mixed feelings about this about this deal. Considering a couple of years ago, you had Andrew Luck at the starting realm. Phillip Rivers, I honestly thought was not bad this season. I thought he was going to come back for at least another season, but maybe maybe they could have taken a quarterback in the draft. I, I don't know. I don't know who they would have taken. They had a pre- they have a pretty, you know, far down pick. I don't know if they have any trades to get up, but I guess I guess you can consider Carson Wentz maybe as a kind of low low risk situation because because if it doesn't work out, you can you can move on from him. But if, if he if he returns to 2017 MVP Carson Wentz, it's okay. A chain of scen- scenery is definitely what Wentz needed. I think Wentz will have. I think he'll have a bounce back season with the Colts. He was you know he, like I said broken physically, broken mentally, and beat up physically. Put him in a change of scenery with a new situation in Indianapolis, who has a lot more weapons around. Indianapolis has an un- has a top ten defense in the NFL. Has good wide receipt, good weapons on the outside with Michael Pittman and um, and T. Y. Hilton. He's still there. You got a good, decent tight end in Jack Doyle. Probably a little downgrade from Goddard and Ertz, but you have a very good three headed running back combination with Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Wilkins, and Neam Hines. Very good back. Very good. Um, you kind of you kind of have it all. You have the you know the give it to him. Pound the rock, you know, workload Jonathan Taylor. You have the shifty out of the backfield, Neam Hines, and you have the reliable backup in Jonathan Wilkins. So it's it's great. Good situation in Indianapolis. I think he'll have a bounce back year. I don't know if they'll make the playoff. Maybe they could make the playoffs. Maybe they'll make another run at the playoffs, but he'll it'll definitely be better than what it was in Philly. I think I think, you know, Wentz has had pretty good years in the league besides this one year, this one bad year in Philadelphia. I'm looking back at his numbers. Rookie season, 16 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. That's pretty good for a rookie. His next year, he has a huge MVP season. He has the potential MVP season. 2018, you know, before he gets hurt, he follows it up with 3,074 yards, 21 touchdowns, 7 interceptions in only 11 games. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And 2019, he shows improvement because he only throws 7 interceptions in the whole season compared to 7 interceptions in 11 games. That's pretty good, and then he had this one bad year. So it's not like Carson Wentz had one MVP season and then has been completely terrible in all other seasons. He just had one bad year this year. Otherwise, that he's been pretty good. So I don't know. Um, I th- again, so it's again. You, you there's a lot of potential here. Carson Wentz in this new situation. You know, he already put out a statement saying thank you, Philly, but he's probably going to be very motivated because they essentially gave up on him. They gave up on him because they could have really saved him if they wanted to. 
but they but it, it, it was good get you, you had to get him out of philly and hopefully he um hopefully he does well in indianapolis because again i got no hate for carson wentz I'm a, I'm a giants fan so he's gone and also it'd be just be funny for him to stick it to the eagles but um yeah again kind of a weird you could almost view this again as a lose-lose situation for both sides but indianapolis probably not too enthusiastic about the trade but i mean their backup was jacoby Brissett, so they did need a quarterback maybe they could have explored other options um but again having frank wright probably really influenced them as having Frank Wright as their head coach probably really really influenced them and with the top 10 defense you can make the playoffs regardless of your offense so we'll see but yeah should have beaten the Bills in that wild card game so it again Colts Colts I'd say it's, it's a good move it's a uh, I mean it's an okay it's an okay move I know you're probably not gonna be too enthusiastic about it Colts fans but it does it does make sense and if it does turn out well then there you go you have your quarterback of the future because he's only been in the league now three or four. He's only been in the league five years. So you have your quarterback for the next couple of years if it turns out well. First, you have your... So yeah. Anyway, that is going to do it for this episode of the Nothing But Sports Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, hopefully my laptop... I'll have my laptop back. But either way, we'll pr- I'll probably get back to order um, coming up with weekly episodes. But yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Have a good rest of your weekend. And I'll... S- and hopefully I'll... You hopefully you'll listen in next week.